I'm David W. Berner, and this is The Writer Shed. Hello, everybody. Welcome again to The Writer Shed podcast from Writer Shed Press, city publisher just outside Chicago, with its offices right here inside an 8x10 writing shed. We do all the shows from here. First of all, our uh, Writer Shed Stories Volume 3 is out and available now. It's been a few weeks. We can find it on Amazon mostly and in some local bookstores. We're starting to get them into bookstores now. It's a slower process, but we're doing that. City Books in in Pittsburgh has it. So does uh, the bookseller in Chicago. And if you are a bookstore and would like to get these books, Writer Shed Press 3 to sell in your store for free, that's right, we will send them to you for nothing. That's right. You can take all the profits. Our idea is to uh, support indie bookstores all over America and the world, if we can. So if you are a bookstore owner and would like to have a few copies of this, uh, sell them for 7 bucks or so, 5 bucks, whatever you'd like, uh, we can send them your way. We would love to do that. That's kind of the whole purpose of the press is to do that and support indie publishers through the money we get through Amazon. So we're kind of you know, getting from the devil to pay the angels, I might say. You got to work in some while, right? This podcast, we are pleased to return to City Books in Pittsburgh, which I just mentioned, and the proprietor there, Arlen Hess, one of the great used bookstores in the historic North Shore neighborhood of Pittsburgh. We we like to occasionally check in on the pulse of the reader, and we thought it would be a good time to delve into that once again. Arlen, thanks for being here again. We appreciate it very much. Thanks for having me back, David. Yeah, it's really great. So it's raining um, kind of miserably in Chicago right now. Is it like that in Pittsburgh? It is raining in Pittsburgh, but I love the rain. So. Oh, I don't mind the rain, but it's, <laughs> I, it, I think it, it's a perfect day. I'm actually watching my uh, my stepson's dog this weekend, and you know we, the ma- the yard is just trash now. He's a big old uh, black lab, so he's running around and. You know, in the rain, it's becomes a bit of a pain. Bringing money, him in, money, I'll wipe his, yeah, wipe them off all the time. But no, I don't mind the rain. It's good for reading, right? It brings a lot of people into the store. It yeah. does. That's funny how that works. In Pittsburgh, I think because we have more gray days than we have sunny days, yeah. although they're not always rainy. I think it's the sunnier days that keeps people out of the store. Because they'd rather be on the river or they would rather be hiking or they'd rather be barbecuing on a deck somewhere. And it's the gray, rainy days, not super extreme, but just those blah days that bring people into the store because they're thinking about nesting. They're thinking about curling up on the sofa with a dog, with a cup of tea. That's so I like days like this. You know, and that's that's kind of a good place to start. You know, we're getting into the season of the where the weather is not perfect all the time mm-hmm. um well I, I shouldn't say perfect because it could be perfect for some but it's you know not conducive to those outdoor right. kind of things so generally does that mean that bookstores like yours do well this time of year is that pretty much true i think so um and this fourth quarter is also the giving season as well sure. so Kids are back to school, um, any student. Students are back to school, presumably. And now pandemic, you know, most people are back in the classroom. And people are beginning to think about reading more on their own, putting together their fall and winter reading lists and thinking about giving books to other people. So yes, this quarter, this time of year is uh, is usually the best 
for bookstores. It drops off significantly after Christmas, after the holidays are over. So it's not just the bad weather that wants people to read more. I think it's also the the holiday season as well. But oftentimes, if a bookstore has a really, really good fourth quarter, you know, they have no problem getting through the first quarter until people reemerge again and want to get back outside. And um, spring is always, I think, pretty good because folks have been flipped up inside for so long. They want to get out and they want to do other things. Summer is notoriously slow for bookstores, but City Books is a destination bookstore and Pittsburgh is believe it or not, a tourist spot, especially yeah. where we are located. So, yeah, it is. Yeah, you're on the north side. Tourism, right, yeah. right, right, exactly. So yeah. we've got the Warhol Museum around the corner. We've got both of the um, stadiums right around the corner. And we've got lots of um, restaurants and music venues. So my customer base is very different in the summer. It's not my regulars as much because they're off doing other things. But I get a lot of new people coming in in the summer. That's interesting. I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, I, you know, it's no secret. I grew up in Pittsburgh area. And mm-hmm. when I tell people that Pittsburgh is a, you know, a thriving tourist stop sometimes for a lot of people in that part of the country, people are like, what? Because they have this very old antiquated thought of what Pittsburgh is. Um, but City Books has been around a long time. You've been, you know, in, in many of its facets, a different location these days mm-hmm. from, from past. But you, you sell mostly, if not all, used books, right? And can you get a sense of what readers are looking for, particularly? I mean, do they fall into that sort of like scary stories at Halloween and Christmas stories at Christmas? Or is that sure a cliche and not real? Um, my experience is that's a cliche and not real. Mm. Both of my storefront windows right now have spooky books in them and nobody has come in saying I have to have that book in the window. Edgar <laughs> Allan Poe will sell all year long. I mean, yeah. I can barely keep any Edgar Allan Poe uh, in the store. Yeah. Spooky things kind of, they kind of sell, they sell all year. I will say that. Yeah. So is, is, is Christmas still a big book giving time or is that, I, I don't I don't really know if that's true. I mean, when I give a book to somebody, it's usually a birthday present. I don't really think of it as a Christmas mm-hmm. present. But is that does Christmas bring out the book buyers to give us gifts? Yes. I'm gonna say yes, it does. Pits, um, I would say readers like to give books at Christmas. I or the holiday season, you know, general, because you know, there's a lot of holidays in that sure. six to eight week period. Right. Um they um now they might not be giving books to readers. <laughs> Readers are just giving books. I don't know whether or not they're giving them through. Although I do, you know, readers tend to raise readers. I think it's hard to find a reader that sort of just spontaneously appears out of whole cloth. But I've all, because you've you've probably heard about these supply chain issues that publishers are are, are having now. I've had that with myself, with my own publisher. My book was pushed back because of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, people have been coming in with with book lists. Now, I am the bookstore is primarily a used bookstore, but because I'm the person who gets to pick the books, if there are new books out that I think will be really, uh, you know, will serve my customer base, or that I know I have at least one or two customers that will want it, then I will order, you know, four or five of a book because I think it will probably do well. So I have probably, you know, 
six to 10 new book titles. And in the past, I have always welcomed um, local authors' books. Mm, Sure. City Books does used books best. Is there a seasonal thing for used books or are used books just a, a phenomenon on their own? You know what I mean? Like there are, there are always, you know, some big push for a book around Christmas time comes out from the publishers, a new book or something for the summer. You know, they, they think seasonally, I think. Is it different for used books? Is it just what's good when it's available? I think so. I think that used books, well, you know, the independent book selling has had its ups and downs over the past 10 to 15 years. Uh, I feel, and this is my own experience and, and I'm relatively new to book selling. I came out of academia. I've only owned the store since 2015, but my experience of the store is that the, the people who want to buy a used book are the kind of people who like the tactility of, you know, browsing a shelf, maybe, you know, touching the book, pulling it up browsing, you know, looking through the pages, smelling the book. Oh, sure. And um, so that's, that's the first part, the people who like the tactility of it. And and those people also will shop at a, at an independent new bookstore and Pittsburgh has plenty of those, but they also want to save a little bit of money. And sure, you can order off of that big online retailer and get a cheap used book, but you're not getting the experience of buying the used book and used book selling is the, is the, is the, where the two meet. That's the, the, you know, the, the, the conflation, is that the right word? That's where the two, where the two come together. Um, I have had people, even good friends come into the store, look for a book on the shelf, pull out their phone, see they can get it easier on Amazon and decide not to buy it. Yeah, I yeah. I've heard other, I've heard other booksellers opening. say the same thing, that the bookstore has become sort of a, a showcase and then they go buy it someplace else. Now, I'll, I'll be honest, I, I have purchased some used books, you know, through Amazon, but I also will tell you that I, I love the discovery in a used bookstore. I love that sort of like, ooh, oh, that, that book or that author. And I didn't know that that was his work or her work, or there's a discovery that happens inside a used bookstore that you cannot get in an online experience. It just does not happen. Um, That discovery is just, it's so wonderful. I don't know if a person who's not a reader doesn't understands that, but it's, I guess if you have any, any sort of other kind of you know, habit or, or uh, any kind of other, um, uh, you know, collectability issue or anything like that. And you see something that you discover that is, you know, tremendous. I have said something similar like that to, to other folks. Sure. You can order off of Amazon. And as you're looking at the page at the bottom, it'll say customers who bought this book also bought that book. And that's an algorithm. Yeah, And that's fine. But when you come into a bookstore, whether it's a used bookstore or a new bookstore, and whether it's a big box store or not, because I'm sure Barnes and Noble does the same thing. If you, if you, if you talk to the bookseller, they can make recommendations. They can say, oh, well, I, I, I read this book and I loved it, but I've moved on to this and this is how it connects with me. That's called hand selling. And that's the feature that the online you know, the, the online sales, they can't do. Now there are, 
there are used book alternatives, new and used book alternatives to Amazon. I mean, there's Better World Books, which is an amazing organization out of Mishawaka, Indiana. Mm. There's World of Books. Um, there's Thrift Books. So you can buy used books online without going to Amazon or abebooks.com because Abe is owned by Amazon. Yeah. And then there's bookshop.org, which is not owned by Amazon, which is, uh, it's an online platform that benefits independent bookstores because we get 30% of the sale. There are new books. So even though City Books is a used bookstore, I do have uh, an online presence on bookshop.org and I put together book lists and I make recommendations and I can drive folks on my social media channels to bookshop and then they can buy the new book. And then I still get, the, I still get the profit. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Bookshop.org is a great thing. So in your store right now, what is, what are the things that you're loving? I mean, I see your Instagram posts and which I love because they're always like some book that's, that just struck you. Right. And seems like a good, a good book to check out. Yeah. It's just books. So, yeah. My Instagram, I use all of my social media channels differently, but my Instagram is just, I try to post four or five books a day of books that are being traded in to the store. And, and this for a sec gets back to what we were saying about, um, you know, what you can find the, the sense of discovery in a used bookstore. Yeah. Because I am dependent on most of the time on what people are trading in or what they're donating to the store. So what I have in any particular section changes over time. So you, a reader can come back in and say they love military history, for example. I had somebody who is downsizing, selling his house, brought in four boxes of military history last week. And I have not had a great military history section, but now I do. So the nature of the store is always in flux because you know there's always something different coming in. Right now, uh, I have a couple of new titles and they were... Uh, you know, I, I bought them because I knew that I had customers interested in them. Mac Miller, the rapper yeah. is from Pittsburgh and his biography right. just came out. So okay. in terms of new books, I have the Mac Miller bio and that's selling like hotcakes. Pittsburgh is also very much a, um, a microbrewery town. Sure. And there's, um, and I'm, I'm not remembering the name, but there's a new book out about women in microbrewing. Oh, sure. Yeah. And that's really, that's big. And I have, um, the Secret Lives of Church Ladies, which is by Disha Filia. What a and, great title. <laughs> oh, and it's, an, and it's an amazing book. She won a lot of really big prizes for that last year, and it was just optioned for HBO. So in terms of new books, when people see those, and they're face out, so people say, oh, I wanted to read this, or this looks great. Most of my shelves are just spines because I don't have a big space, and mm. I don't have the shelf space to turn a book out. Books always sell better if they're facing out. Um, People have been coming in and asking for the classics lately and then asking me if I have just a classics section. Mm. And I don't. All of my fiction is mixed in together, but I'm thinking it might be time to give the people what they want and separate contemporary fiction with classic li- from, from classic literary fiction. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. But people are, a lot of people, are, they come to use bookstores actually for classics, I think. Yeah. So what when, when you say classics, because as an academician, I'm sure that triggers something, but what do people mean when they say that? What do they mean? I mean, is it the great Gatsby or is it, you know, Beowulf? 
Right. So I yeah. always say to them, you mean Greek and Roman classics? Because yeah. I think that they mean that. And uh, I do have a small section of that, but they mean um, like canonical literary fiction, Jane Austen, uh, the Brontes, uh, yeah, Faulkner, Fitzgerald, Hemingway. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. They're not talking about um, Socrates necessarily. No, but I have a really great, you know, classics with a capital C section. <laughs> okay. So are there, what about poetry? Where does it fit in? in uh, a, poetry. Know? Well, Pittsburgh is also very much a poetry town because we've got the great University of Pittsburgh Press Poetry Series and we have the International Poetry Forum for so long. Uh, so I actually think I've got a really good poetry section. Um, Autumn House Press is also here. So um, poetry is right in the front of the store at City wow. Books. Okay. And people come in and they walk past it and they can't find it. And they come up to me and they said, do your poetry section. And I was like, yeah, it's right up front because it is a big seller. And I have to say one of the biggest surprises I had as a new bookseller, because I bought city books in 2015 and we had to close for a while. And then we reopened in March of 2016 in November of 2016. I had so many people coming in asking for poetry. And I think that was the way they handled the shock of the election outcome. Wow. Interesting. I mean, it was like locust through the field. I, my poetry section was decimated. People grabbed on to things that made them feel comfortable. It was their medicine. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Wow. So when you, when you sell uh, other books in there, I'm trying to think like children's books, mm-hmm. you know, you see a lot of the independent bookstores and the big box stores, the ones that are left you know, they always have a very big children's section. And many times it's because, you know, they'll have a reading series or something in there on a Saturday morning. I know your book, your bookstore is not big enough for that sort of thing, but do you sell children's books also? I do. Um, I I didn't when I started and a lot of people asked for them. And then I had a couple of folks donate children's books. Mm -hmm. So now I have children's books and people will come in and ask for them, but they don't sell well. So I, I personally feel like I'm between a rock and a hard place. I can't not sell them, but when they're in the store, they don't sell. So I really <laughs> don't, ask know them, but don't, buy I don't know them. what to do. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't yeah, know. Why books too? Are they a used book kind of thing? Or is that something that uh, is more like of the moment? I don't have a separate YA section. I will shelve those books with my regular fiction section because you can't put YA next to children because they're not going to like the fact that they're near a children's section. Right. And young adult literature appeals to people of all ages. I certainly know, you know, 55 year old women who are reading what is marketed as YA literature. So I, I keep that all included, but um, Harry Potter sells constantly. Sure. So here's the thing I want to, and I've asked other booksellers this same question. I know we have to label things because people want them labeled, but the reality is there are so many books, especially today, that are very hard to label. I'm thinking of the auto fiction that's out there now, or, you know, um, Kanoskard's, you know, 300,000 word 
memoir, maybe, <laughs> you know, I don't know yeah. what it is. So yeah. how, it, it, there's almost like the blurring of the lines. It's really hard. It is very hard. I have to agree with that. And I, that is something that I am constantly trying to juggle. We don't have a lot of space. We are somewhere between like depending if you count the bathroom or the storeroom, we are somewhere between 600 and 800 square feet. And I have configured the store in such a way that we have a lot of bookshelves in the center of the store that are on wheels. So um, we have more shelf space than I think what our square footage would suggest that we have, Uh, but still it's not much space at all. And as a smaller store, I can't break out a section for uh, you know, for five books. So I have a lot of general sections like social sciences. I'm not breaking that down into anthropology and um, economics. I mean, that, that's all one section. Right. Somebody came in the other day and was looking for Judaica. And I have a book on the Jewish tradition in the Civil War. And I had that in the Judaica section. And he's like, this doesn't feel like Judaica. And I said, yeah, but it also doesn't really feel like civil war either. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, a tough one. yeah. <laughs> um, when that happens, but when it does happen, I tend to pull that book and put it face out someplace. So I don't have to worry about shelving it. in a particular <laughs> section. So it goes on top of a bookshelf somewhere. Do you, do you feel that it's, more necessary to label books like that because that's what the the buyer just expects so they can find things or is that a marketing tool on your side you know um, I, I don't know yeah. I mean I, I'm really interested in that labeling thing right now because there's so yeah. many books that just I don't know where to put them so. right well um this is where and this is kind of where our conversation comes back full circle this is where the the face-to-face contact, between the bookseller and the shopper come in because if they say, Oh, I'm looking for, you know, a book for my father for his birthday. Okay. When is his birthday? Oh, he's actually this year. It's on veterans day. Interesting. Is he interested in those issues? And then I can draw out the customer and find, Oh, well, he might be interested in military history, but if he's also interested in, um, maybe he's a doctor. I have a book on Andersonville, you know, I mean, that's sure. so I can find, I can find that for the person. And so often, uh, and this happens more often than I could tell, tell you, somebody comes in looking for a particular kind of book for a retirement or, um, a shower or something. Uh, and, uh, well, not really a shower, but, you know, comes in for a specific book. The questions that I ask will narrow what they're looking for. So I've had somebody coming in, you know, again, back to the medical Pittsburgh is a big medical center had, Oh, someone's being a retired doctor. Oh, and I'm thinking about an antique medical book. So, you know, I spend a few minutes and that's not of any interest to the person at all. And then I ask, well, what else are they interested in? What other kind of person are, you know, are they? And then this happened in the spring, the woman walked out with a beautiful anthology of writing by African-American women. And it was, the perfect book wow. for her friend wow. and um, Amazon can't do that. So more power to city books and more power to all the used bookstores. So last question, is there anything going on at city books during the holidays that people should know about anything special? Any? 
I'll tell you what I, I missed last year. Didn't really have a shopping season uh, or, or wow. you know, a, a giving yeah. season because the store was closed. I closed the store last year, the weekend before Thanksgiving, because mm-hmm. I didn't want folks coming back into the store after Thanksgiving because I wanted to spend Christmas with my family. Yeah. We didn't spend Christmas or Thanksgiving together. And I needed, I needed to have Christmas. So um, I didn't do a lot of Christmas baking. This has nothing to do with books, but I intend to do a lot of Christmas baking this year. And I'm going to have Wednesdays where I have the cookies and the homemade cookies and baked goods in the store every day. Well, that'll bring me in. <laughs> and if nobody comes in, I'm going to eat them all. So all, all the better. But I have always offered um, private browsing in the evening if people want to you know, have a small party in the store and bring wine and hors d'oeuvres. Um, I just, I still think people are uncomfortable, maybe shopping in crowds. And if anybody wanted to do that, I would be delighted to accommodate them. That's a great idea. I love the, I love the cookies. That's about it. You're not <laughs> going to get that from Amazon. All right. No. <laughs> All right. I'm always good to talk to you. I hope we can talk again, uh, maybe over the holidays sometime. That sounds great, David. All the best to you. You can find City Books in Pittsburgh on Instagram most readily, where daily you can see a a hot book that's available through the store there, City Books in Pittsburgh. This has been episode 19 of the Ridershed Podcast. I'm David W. Berner. Our music is from iRay Music Production and interviews always produced in the shed. You can find out more about Ridershed Press at ridershedpress.com and at the Ridershed on Medium. You can also sign up for our newsletter there and find us on Twitter at Ridershed Press. The Writer Shed is available wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.